you. Please be seated, thank you. I, uh, thank you, I told, I, I get nervous when I preach, but having Dr. Young here also just raises that level up, and so when I walked in the speaker room, seeing him there, and uh, yeah, we need, to, we need uh, to pray certainly as we get started, and uh, let's pray, and then we'll, we'll get right into the message. Lord, thank you for today, thank you for the students here. Thank you for the young men of the college, Lord, and, and that song. Lord, I pray that they would stay in the fight. I pray that you protect our students, Lord, and uh, speak to us today. Lord, I pray that you'd use me. pray that you'd use your word. And I uh, pray that you would uh, help someone today. And uh, thank you for all that you do for us. Thank you for being our God. And uh, we ask these things in your name. Amen. If you take your Bibles to Mark chapter 14. It's an honor and a privilege anytime I'm asked to, uh, to preach the Word of God and to teach. I love the Bible. I love teaching the Bible. I love preaching from the Bible. And, uh, but doing it here is, is especially, uh, it's a privilege, it's an honor, because I love you. I love what I get to do. I love what the Lord has allowed me to do. And uh, to serve you, it's, it's, a, it's a high honor of my life. The next thing I would say regarding that is not only just serving you, but the people that I get to serve you with. The staff and faculty here at Hiles Anderson College, when I was a student, I, I knew they loved me, I knew they sacrificed, but now being on the other side and, and seeing firsthand uh, some of that, getting to experience some of that, I hope you feel very loved because you are. And I hope you feel, you feel very important, you're very special, very important. And, you know, I was, I was talking to my, my kids, my two boys on the way to, to school today about unfeigned faith and how you know if, if faith is real. It's, it's not a fake, what that word means. The Bible says, Paul told Timothy, continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Many of the teachers that you have teaching here, the same teachers that I sat under here in college. And I just tell you, it's a good faith. It's a good faith. You can continue in what you've been taught knowing of whom has taught that to you. It's a great faith. And the more I get to know the staff and faculty here, the more I love them, but, but I'm just, I'm awed and amazed. I'm very amazed by their sacrifice, their diligence, their love uh, for the Lord, and their love for you as students. And I, I hope you, you feel very loved, and I hope my, my desire is that you'd leave here and continue in the faith that you've been taught. When I was asked to speak on this day, February 9th, February 9th holds a, a special place to me, especially here, because it was February 9th, 15 years ago, today, February 9th, that I had my first date with who it is now my wife, Esther. February 9th, 15 years, I texted her this morning, happy 15 years of dating, and that fall before is my junior year, that fall before I went through a breakup, it was very challenging. And for those of you that have just gone through something similar, let me tell you, there's, there might be hope right around the corner. For me, it was three months later, and uh, I, my wife worked over here in the dean of men's office, and, and I remember walking past there and just trying to get enough confidence just to walk in there and ask her out. 
And boy, walking in, hey, talking, and then leaving, not asking her. Come on, man. Come on, Osgood, you can do this. And uh, finally walking in, asking her on a date. She said, absolutely, I would love to. And then she said, well, wait, wait, wait. She said, you have to ask my dad first. But she said, but he's going to say yes. He's going to say yes. Later, I found out what she did is, is when guys would come in that office and ask her, because you can be in the secretary for the dean of men, just guys would go in and out of that office. She would say, you have to ask my dad. And then when they left the office, she would call her dad, and which, you know, where uh, Brother Pin's office is, there, before they got there, she would say, tell him, you know what, so-and-so's going to come by and ask. And if, if it's someone that she didn't want to go with, she'd say, could you just tell him no? And so he, he was the one then that would be the the bearer of the news, you know. You know, I don't think this is going to work out for you. And then if it was someone she wanted to, hey, he's coming by, can you tell him yes? And so that was later I found out, he's going to say yes. And so we had our first date here, February 9th, 2009. And then got married on April 9th, 2011. And uh, my wife was going to be here today. She may slip in later. She had to take one of our kids uh, to a doctor's appointment this morning. But I'm very thankful for her and wanted to mention her and why today is a special day. I'm going to speak today on this, this word or this topic of the word is overwhelmed. The word overwhelmed is used eight times in the Bible, all in the book of Psalms. At times as you go through life, you have that feeling of, I've reached the end of my rope, I'm very discouraged. Boy, for me, it was that junior year after, after that breakup, that feeling of just overwhelmed. You know, is this really worth it? And that's just life, life brings challenges. Life brings difficulties. In the Bible here, there's some things. That, listen to these. You don't have to turn here, but listen as I give you some of the, the, the wording from David in the Psalms. Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me, and horror hath overwhelmed me because of fear. Next, we see because of the unknown. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. How about this, Psalm 77, 3, I remembered God and was troubled, I complained, and my spirit was overwhelmed. Good reason not to complain. Psalm 142, 3, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path, and the way wherein I have walked, they have privily laid a snare for me. Because of his enemies, he felt that feeling of overwhelmed. Because of loneliness, therefore is my spirit overwhelmed within me, my heart within me is desolate. There's many things that may bring us to that point of, of, boy, I feel like I'm overwhelmed. All throughout the Bible, we have a lot of, of stories of just people that were overwhelmed. You look at the very beginning of creation, Adam and Eve, and, and their fall, and then it's said of them, by one man, sin came into the world, death by sin. How would you like that said about you? You were the one man that brought sin into the whole world. And then their two oldest boys, uh, Cain and Abel, one of your, your children. Can you imagine being the parents? Your two children there, your oldest son murders, your second oldest son. Could you just imagine the feeling that they must have felt? Then you go to, through the rest of Genesis, Abraham and, and Isaac and Sarah and Jacob and, and Joseph being betrayed by his brothers. And that's just the first, first book of the Bible. Life brings challenges. Life's, life brings difficulties. This summer, my wife and I finished uh, the book. Uh, it was a biography of Theodore Roosevelt. And... He was in New York one day. It was two days after his wife had given birth to their first child. And he got news that his, his mom was sick. And so he went, he rushed home, and, 
His mom, who they called Mitty, was, was there, and they thought she just had a cold, but it really was typhoid fever that she had. And she, He was very close to his mom, and, and he's there by his bedside, and, and she died. Just a few hours later, in the same house downstairs, his wife was there, who had just given birth to their daughter, and had gotten a, a disease which hadn't been treated while she was pregnant. And the same exact day, just a couple hours apart, she passed away. That, that night, he wrote in his diary, he had kept a diary, he just put a big X. He said, the light has gone out of my life. That feeling of, of being overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. In studying for this, I thought, you know, what example could we look to? And you're in Mark 14. Was Jesus ever overwhelmed? Was Jesus ever overwhelmed? And I, I don't, let, let's look at it. Let's look at Mark 14, and we're going to read the passage. And then we'll get into to, uh, the message. Mark 14, and let's start in verse number 32. And they came to a place which was named Gethsemane. And he saith to his disciples, Sit ye here while I shall pray. And he taketh with him Peter and James and John, and began to be sore amazed and to be very heavy. He saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. Verse 37, And he cometh and findeth them sleeping. Saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Couldst not thou watch one hour? Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed and spake the same words. And when he returned, he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Neither wist they what to answer him. And he cometh the third time and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. It is enough, the hour is come. Behold, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise up. Let us go, lo, he that betrayeth me is at hand. Notice the phrase, if you would, in your Bible at verse uh, 33. He began to be sore amazed and to be very heavy. Verse 34, my soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. In the book of Luke, in the same passage, he talks about how he sweat, as it were, drops of blood falling from his face. We can't imagine what he was about to go through. What I'd like to do is take what he prayed to the Father and use those that prayer as my points for the sermon today. Before that, I want to say this. In Luke 22, verse 39, don't turn there because I want you to stay in, in Mark, but listen to what, what it says regarding this. It says, And he came out and went as he was wont, means as he usually did, to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation." Before we get into his prayer, you notice first the response is, is he went to his place. The Bible says as he was wont. It was a place that, that he was very familiar with. It was a place that he usually went to. And he knows he's going to go to the cross and he's going to pray this prayer, which we're going to look at in a minute. But first off, let me just say this. Boy, get a place. When you're overwhelmed, have a place. Maybe you're a freshman here, you say, I don't have a place. Don't leave here without having a place. I remember preachers coming through while I sat in college and talking about how, boy, they went to a stairwell or they went down back by the gym or they went in the woods and, 
And they went their place, and they met God. And it's not the place, but it's that's where they met with God. The presence of God was there. And I love that here is that Jesus, he went to the place. As he was wont, as he normally did, as he usually did, as was his custom too, he went to his place. Before we look into the prayer, I would just challenge you, have a place. What is your place? It's a convicting thought. I remember this past fall driving for, for my old route, Division 14, and 80-11, we'd drive there, and, and as I was, I, was, I was driving this fall, we went on the, by the park there on 57th Avenue. And I, and I just, as, as I saw it, and I passed, man, that was the place. For our route, that was the place. Boy, we'd finish all of our, our, uh, all of our visiting, we'd do our callbacks, and the men on our route, we'd go to that park. That was our place every week. That was our place where, where we prayed for the kids on our route. We prayed for the families on our route. We prayed that the Lord would use us. We had a place. But individually, what is your place? What is the place that you usually go to? What is the place that is your custom to go to? What is the place where you, when you are overwhelmed and you need to get a hold of God, that is your place, the place that you go to. Jesus had a place. I love what someone said, when life gives you more than you can stand, kneel. Don't leave college without a place. Well, if you're a bus captain in here, you should have a place. If you're a senior in here, have a place. If you're a junior, have a place. Whatever it is, have a place that you could go to. I love that Jesus had a place. Next, notice the prayer, verse number 36. His response, first off, is that he went to the place, his response. Next, we see his relationship. He prayed, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. He prayed to his Father. I love this, and, and I love when, when Jesus said, he says, when ye pray, say our Father. We get to enter into the sonship with Jesus, with God, the creator of the universe. And we get to go to our Father. So I didn't have a good relationship with my earthly father. Everyone in this room can go to their heavenly father. Someone that knows all about you, has unconditional love for you, knows everything you did yesterday, everything you've done today, what you're going to do tomorrow. When you go into that relationship, when you go into the presence of God, you go to his throne and he's prayed. When you pray, say, our father. Jesus here, he's, he's about to make a request, but before, I feel like he addresses the relationship. Abba, Father. Romans 8, 15, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. It's like saying, Daddy, Daddy. Galatians 4, 6, And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. There's something about being able to go to your dad. Those of you that have a good relationship with your dad, there's just, there's something there. Hey, dad. Hey, dad, I'm struggling with, hey, dad, I need some advice. Hey, dad, how much more so? We all have a heavenly father. We go to our place and we can say, father. We enter into that relationship. Do you feel overwhelmed? You can talk to the father. You can talk to your father. Next, if you would, verse number 36. And he said, Abba, Father, notice this, all things are possible unto thee. I see, first of all, his response is that he went to a place. Next, I see the relationship is with his Father. Next, I see the recognition is that all things 
are possible unto thee. He's about to make a pretty big request. His heart is very heavy. The Bible says he's, he's sore amazed. It's exceeding sorrowful unto death. He's about to make a request of his father, but before he makes this request, he acknowledges something. And he says, all things are possible unto thee. Hold your place there in Mark, and I want you to turn to the book of Job. Hold your place in Mark 14, and turn, if you would, to the book of Job. Job chapter 38. Of course, you know, while you're turning there, what, what happened in the life of Job, he lost everything. Lost his children, all his possessions. He lost his health. And the Lord allowed Satan to touch his life. Job didn't, pastor says, Job didn't have a book of Job to go to. Well, he lost everything, and his three friends come, and his, his, his opinion of his three friends, it says in the, Job, in the book of Job, miserable comforters are ye all. The last one, the three spoke, and then the youngest, the fourth one spoke, Elihu, and Elihu just finishes speaking. And now we get to, to Job chapter 38. Job asks a lot of questions. And God finally answers Job. All that Job had been through, could you imagine if it was your friend that had gone through everything, all that loss, all that heartache? And here's, here's the Lord's answer to Job. Verse number 1, chapter 38. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, I'm sorry for what you've gone through. I'm sorry for everything you've been through. It's not what he said. Hey, Job, do you feel that hug from me? That's not what he said. Look at what he says, verse 2. Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee, and answer thou me. Can I just say, as, as reading this as in my flesh, I'm, it's kind of like, come on, God, like you're a little hard on Job. Give him a break. After everything that he had been through, give him a little bit of a break. But notice, keep reading, verse number four, I love this. Where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest, or who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? He paused there. The whole chapter of Job, chapter 38, is God asking questions to Job. All of 39, God asking questions to Job about his power. Hey, where were you when I created the earth? When I spoke the world into existence, where were you? I don't know Job's attitude before this that, got, got, that God uh, uh, got him to this point. God is the master teacher, bringing Job to the point where he needs to be, and this is what he reminds Job of. Yeah, what's one to remind you? I'm the one that created everything. I spoke the world into, world into existence. There's nothing too hard for me. All throughout the book of Job, these last two chapters, question after question after question after question. Notice if you would read, uh, look at chapter 40. Moreover, the Lord, he continues on 38 and 39. Moreover, the Lord answered Job and said, Shall he that contendeth with the Almighty instruct him? He that reproveth God, let him answer it. Notice Job's response. Then Job answered the Lord and said, 
Behold, I am vile. What shall I answer thee? I will lay mine hand upon my mouth. Think about what Job just said. After God reveals his power to him, all that Job had been through, behold, I am vile. What am I going to say to God? Can I instruct you? Can I reprove you? How do you argue with the God that gave you the ability to argue? What are you going to say to God? Hey, Job, I know everything you've been through. I just want to remind you, all things are possible unto me. I can do whatever I want to do. I don't know what it is in your life that you're going through. You feel very overwhelmed. You feel stuck. You feel like the walls are closing in. Can I remind you this morning, you serve a great God. You serve a God that is all-powerful. He can do whatever he wants to do, whenever he wants to do it. He is God. I don't know. No, he's God. Well, yeah, but my finances. You serve God. Yeah, but, but, but this breakup in my heart. You serve a great big God. All things, all things are powerful unto thee. What a great thought. Continue, if you would, uh, 40, verses 6. Then answered the Lord, verse 6. Then answered the Lord unto Job out of the whirlwind and said, Gird up thy loins now like a man. I'll demand of thee and declare thou unto me. He goes through the rest of 40 and 41 asking him questions. Turn, if you would, to 42. 42 and verse number 1. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do everything, and that no thought can be withholden from thee. Who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered that I understood not. Things too wonderful for me, I knew not. Here I beseech thee, I will speak. I will demand of thee, declare thou unto me. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. Wherefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. And by the way, after this attitude is when Job then, he prayed for his friends, and God turned the captivity of Job, gave him everything back that he had, and more. What an amazing story. What could bring Job to that point of where he was at the beginning of chapter 38 to, to chapter 42, 41, 42? What could bring him to that point? The power of God. We serve a great big God. A great big God. Don't ever forget that. And when you go to your place, and when you go to your Father, don't, don't forget to remember that He is all-powerful, and He can do whatever He wants to do. Go back to Mark chapter 14. God reminded Job that he was God. We saw his response. He went to the place. We saw the relationship. He prayed, Abba, Father. We saw the recognition, the remembrance that all things are possible unto thee. Notice this. Notice the request. Take away this cup from me. Take away this cup 
from me. Jesus asked for the cup to be taken from him. There's differing opinions on what the cup actually means. Most would agree that it's some sort of suffering that he asked to be taken from him. We cannot fully imagine everything that he was about to go through in the next several days. Just a few moments after this, he's about to be betrayed by a friend. Betrayest thou a friend with a kiss? In a few moments, he's about to be forsaken by his disciples. In just a few days, he's going to be falsely accused and hung there on the cross, humiliated in front of everybody, lifted up there, jeered at, mocked on, mocked, spit upon, whipped, made fun of. You have to understand, this is God. This is Jesus. Did nothing wrong. Lived a perfect life. And knowing some of what he was going through, he prayed this request, take this cup from me. I don't know what the greatest thing that Jesus suffered on the cross was. If I had to say, I probably would say when he prayed the fulfillment of Psalms chapter 22, as he lifted up his eyes to heaven, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Psalm 22, why art thou so far from helping me? Being forsaken by the Father. Feeling forsaken by the Father. And there Jesus, again, all-powerful. If he wanted to, one word, the angels would have come down, released him, he would have been free. Just had to speak the word. All power. He could have called the, the angels. Wiped everybody out. Taken him from that cross. Hung there, shame, naked, in front of everybody. Humiliated feeling forsaken by the Father. At all power was at His disposal. The pain that He endured, the physical pain, the emotional pain, the spiritual pain of being forsaken by His Father. By the way, can I just challenge you, if you ever feel your heart is getting cold, go to the last few chapters of the Gospels. Read over the crucifixion and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the Gospel. It'll warm your heart. Boy, it'll stir you to do more. Boy, it'll make you very appreciative and grateful. But here he makes this request. Take this cup from me. Boy, when we go to God when we're overwhelmed, when life you feel like is caving in, I can't handle anymore, that feeling overwhelms you, he had that place. You realize the relationship. And you recognize that he has all power, and then you make that request. Here he requested, if it's possible, please take this cup from me. Whatever it is that you're going through, I'll, I'll challenge you, go to God and make your request. Whatever that is, verbalize your request. Make it known to God, Lord, this is what, this is what I would love to see happen. God, would you work in this situation? Maybe it's a school bill. God, I don't know how this is going to get paid. Please help. You go to God and you make that request to God. Then lastly, we see the spirit of his request. The end of verse 36, And he cried, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. Notice the requirement, his attitude. Nevertheless, 
not what I will, but what thou wilt. He submitted to God's will for his life. This is probably the most challenging thing that we would have to do. One person said the most popular prayer is thy will be changed, but the most effective prayer is thy will be done. Too often we pray for our will to be done in heaven when we should be praying for God's will to be done here on earth. It's a whatever God wants type of an attitude. It's a dying to self. We die to self. I love what some missionaries said uh, years ago as they were on a boat boarding to Africa. and On that voyage, they were being made fun of. And Don't you realize you could die over there? Their response was, you don't understand. We died before we left. Boy, when you die to self, you can say to God truly, not just the words, but you actually say it, meaning in your heart, God, I'd really love for this to happen. This is, in my opinion, this is what needs to happen. But, the, but you pray that with the spirit of, but whatever you think is best, I'm okay with that. Not my will, but thy will be done. That's an easy thing to say, but it's a hard thing to live. Because many times, God's will is not what our will is. God, please, your will to be done, not my will. There's a price to pay for surrendering your life to the Lord. The cross was not easy. There was wounds. It was challenging. Vance Havner said, too many Christians wear medals but carry no scars. The call to follow Christ might bring some difficulties, might bring challenges, might bring loneliness. I don't know what it is in in your life, and you don't know what it is for my life. But it's a call to die to self, to take up your cross. Whatever you want, God, my life is yours. It may not be the way or the will that you had planned out. Someone said I asked for strength, and God gave me difficulties to make me strong. I asked for wisdom, and God gave me problems to solve. I asked for prosperity, and God gave me a brain to work and brawn to work. I asked for courage, and God gave me danger to overcome. I asked for love, and God gave me troubled people to help. I asked for favors, and God gave me opportunities. I received nothing I wanted and received everything I needed. When you go to God, you go to your place. Again, that feeling of overwhelm, what he was about to go through, he went to his place. He went into that relationship, Father. We have a Father. Boy, he remembered his power. You can do anything you want. All things are powerful unto thee. We serve a great big God. He made his request, what he wanted, if if at all possible. Could you please remove this cup from me? But then he made it with the right attitude. Not my will, but thine be done. That breakup my junior year, it was the the, um, first semester of my junior year, I remember, it was on a Saturday night and walking out the front entrance of the college after having my heart ripped apart, walked around the back there down uh, down by the lake, and I made a promise to God, I said, God, I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to pursue you. I felt like, like I hadn't been doing that like I should have. My priorities were messed up. So God, I'm going to pursue you and realize that you're big enough to bring that right person in my life whenever you want to, whoever you think it should be. 
just just make it plain to me when that happens. But I'm going to, I'm making this promise to you, God. I'm going to do everything I can to pursue you. You're going to have to work. You're going to have to move. You're God. And then my wife, thanks for coming, Esther. Slipped it, slipped in there. Well, it was, it was February of the next year. I asked. She worked for for Brother Tutton at the time, and I asked him. I said, "What do you think about me asking out Esther Pence?" He said, you know what, if you would have asked me, that's the exact girl I would have told you to ask out. He had asked me before, hey, do you want suggestions? I said, I don't want suggestions. I want to choose my wife for myself. I don't want to say someone else chose her. Boy, he, I remember he, was, he said that to me. That's the exact person. All right, God, there's your confirmation. Fifteen years ago, you know, wouldn't trade my life for anyone. It's been a great life. And I don't know for you that feeling of being overwhelmed. Maybe, it's, maybe you just lost a job. Maybe it's back home. Maybe it's some family difficulties. Maybe it's a loss of a loved one. don't know what it is that would cause your spirit, oh, I have a spirit of being very overwhelmed. The walls are caving in. Can I remind you today, go to your place. Find your place. Boy, maybe some of you, maybe you should skip lunch today. Maybe sometime next week. Instead of going to lunch, go to your place. Boy, realize you have a great big God to go to. He's your Father. He wants you to go to Him. He longs for you to come to Him. You make your requests, but you submit your will to Him. God, whatever you want. I want your will, not my will, to be done. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the young people here and their spirit, Lord, pray that you'd use them. Lord, as they make petitions to you, I pray that you'd hear their prayer. pray that you'd work in their life. pray that you'd answer. pray that you'd be very close, near and dear to them. Lord, some heavy hearts, no doubt, here this morning. pray that you give comfort to those that need comfort. pray you give help to those that need help. I pray that you bring conviction to those that need conviction of sin and wrongdoing. Whatever the need is, Lord, I pray that you would fulfill it. As the piano plays, you come. <laughs>